0: They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced fourth and twenty six, stinks in and trash. AI's crossover, throwing batteries at JD Drew, Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz, the Legion of Doom, and thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What's up, SoundCloud.com?
1: Back at it. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. You know it, you'd love it. And if not, get with the program. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you. What's up, Johnny Meats? What's happening, Joe?
2: How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Appreciate you asking. As always, again, thanks for tuning in on SoundCloud.com. You can follow us on Twitter at BeLovePodcast. At BeLovePodcast. And uh, let's jump right into it, Johnny Meade. We got a lot to get into here in the next 45 minutes or so. We will discuss the new era of Eagles football. Doug Poopy Peterson hired as head coach. And yes, I will always, always refer to him as Doug Poopy Peterson. That goes way back to 1999. So Doug Poopy Peterson, the new Eagles head coach, he immediately begins rounding out his staff. We'll delve into all that. Uh, Some guy named Chip Kelly hired in San Francisco to now coach the 49ers. He wasn't out of work long. We'll talk about that. We'll dissect the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, predict the championship games this weekend, and then we'll crush them on the fly and some spread the love segments. Sound good, brother? Sounds good, buddy. Let's put a roll. All right. The press conference for Poopy Peterson was, I believe, Tuesday. Uh, Made it official, and he's already started to round out his staff. So. Hey, I, I'm going to jump right into this, Johnny Mita. To me, the jury is out, obviously. Okay? It's, that's plain and simple. All right? Before I get into the plethora, and I mean plethora of negatives, let me just let me just spread a little bit of positivity here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. All right? Because we like to be somewhat positive in the city of Negadelfia. I do like the fact that Poopy Peterson has surrounded himself with a, a veteran coaching staff. All right? It makes me feel slightly better about this transition. Frank Reich. Jim Schwartz they had plenty of experience I like that that that's a good first step because let's be honest Doug Poopy Peterson has no head coaching experience he's about as qualified for this job as probably 10,000 other people in the football world and probably about as qualified as you or I to be quite honest I think we'd make great head coaches be that as it may uh, I like I like adding some veteran staff members to his to his initial formation of his coaching staff seven coaches were, Retained. I love that Deuce Staley is back. Corey Unlin, the D-backs coach, is coming back. Same for Jeff Stoutland along the O-line. Dave Phipps going to run the special teams. Uh, Pretty clear to me that Jeffrey Lurie knew who wasn't going to head west with Chip when he eventually fired Chip and then Chip got the new gig. Also, I do believe in that whole family approach. All right, That's important in sports. That's huge in sports. If you want guys to battle for one another, you got to make them believe. You gotta, they got to like one another if they're going to go to battle for each other. So you need someone that can relate to the players, listen to them, support them, keep their heads high during tough parts of the season. And I think we all can agree the indication was Chip Kelly wasn't that type of guy. If the Eagles say that Doug Peterson is that guy, then fine, all right? However, however I'm done with the positives now, Johnny. Mee. That's it for me. However, I have no idea why they rushed into this hiring. Who else was clamoring for Poopy Peterson? Give me one team, John Mita. Do you know one team? Did you hear of any team? <sighs> Unfortunately,
2: John, I can't say that. Yeah,
1: okay, exactly. I mean, thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for playing along, John Mita. Why not wait until the conference championship games are over then? Why not at least talk to the coordinators they're in the Final Four? What harm could that do, all right? And, and, and what are the Kansas City Chiefs thinking? Letting Doug Poopy Peterson... Talk to the Eagles during preparation for the playoffs. That's absolutely stunning to me. How is he supposed to focus? Any any walk of life, any business you're in, any job you you hold, if you've got a new job lined up, you are not as invested in your current job. I don't care if you're mentoring somebody to take your position, you're grooming them, they have your replacement there. If you know you've got your quote-unquote two weeks put in, I've been there. A lot of us out there listening on SoundCloud.com today have been there. You are not as focused. So if it was even two hours meeting with Jeffrey Lurie, that was two less hours he spent preparing for the best football team the last decade in the National Football League, in the New England Patriots. And it and you know I don't did that cost him the game? Who knows? But the Kansas City Chiefs neither freaking heads examined collectively for letting him talk. I don't ever remember back in the day that happening. I thought you always if there wasn't a bye week, you know, for that coach you wanted to talk to, then you waited till their season was over. The Eagles basically hired this guy while he was still working for the Chiefs and nobody else wanted him. I I, I you please, I, I would yeah. like you to take over so I can calm down, but I just so you know I'm not <laughs> finished yet. This is like that's yeah. that's part one for me. So please go ahead. Johnny it yeah. your thoughts. Well,
2: I mean it was a big scratcher, uh, nonetheless. Find out this is shocking news. However, you probably got the alert. I got the alert a couple weeks ago on our phone. We get the alert that comes out, and I don't know basically uh, which reporter stated it was the fact that Doug Peterson is a leading candidate for the Eagles head coaching job. You probably read that. I read that. And I said, dear God, you got to be kidding yeah, me. Yeah, our last here's podcast, I
1: told you if they, if they hired him, I was going to root for another team.
2: Exactly. And here's the guy that, listen, he's been in the league. You know, he took his lumps as a quarterback, obviously, in this city a lot. Um, But does he have the experience? Does he have uh, the capability to lead a football team? That is what they say is command the room. And that worries me. I do like – you did bring up a good point. I am on board, with. I do like some of the stats. I like the holdovers. I think fifth, the the fact that you you hold your special teams coordinator over – our special team has been Thompson Lee. I like the fact they hold the lineman coach over. Offensive lineman guy came from Alabama. I like the secondary coach, Deuce is a fixture. Jim Shorts, I like to hire. Hopefully, they bring them back to the 4-3. Frank, you got the third Reich in there. The offensive coordinator, who basically was up for some head coaching jobs. And uh, shout out to John DeFlippo, quarterback coach. And I actually went to, uh, he's the new QB coach for Philadelphia Eagles. I actually went to high school with this guy and he's now becomes a QB coach. But this was just so strange. And you're wondering how the process goes. We talked about it last week. I was like, all right, the way it should be is you hire a general manager, number one. Number two, general manager finds a coach, great. Number three, coach finds the quarterback of the future, all right? But that yeah. didn't take place here. No, it hasn't taken place at all. Collaboration, yeah. The collaboration effort. We now later find out that there was 25 candidates, over 2,000 pages of material that Jeffrey and Little Howie scanned over who would be the best candidate for the job. Other people we found out involved in this was Ron Jaworski. We also found out the great Bill Pauling was involved in the search. And the best candidate they come up with is Doug Peterson. One <laughs> of my scratcher and not enough, is the fact that there was word that you know, the Eagles, they liked Adam Gates but did they love him enough not to let him out the building? The other word is, okay, Tom Coughlin, he's getting a second interview. Then it was Ben McAdoo. The Eagles, two days or right before that happened, it's like the Eagles will have their head coach in the next 48 hours. So you're like, oh, my God, it's probably going to be Ben McAdoo. Then the Giants drop the bomb, and they're like, no, Ben McAdoo's our coach. They bring Coughlin in for the second interview, which never happened. He declined. Because then he couldn't get the staff organized that he wants, or he kind of shied away from the opportunity due to the fact that he thought maybe it might damage his legacy with the New York Giants, or due to the fact that he just didn't have enough control in the room, which is a big, you know, ploy regarding this job opening. And then they said that, okay, we interviewed six guys. That's it. We got our guy. Listen, and you, bring, again, you bring up another good point is what about the coordinators from New England? You know, what was wrong with Matt Patricia? What was wrong with Josh McDaniels? These are all guys that you kind of maybe wanted to interview first before you could get Doug Pierce. If he's the last guy you get on the list, and there wasn't that much, you know, there wasn't people clamoring, you know, to get this guy in front of them to interview him. Well, what does that tell you? Well, it doesn't look good. You know, guys that are popular, guys that they think that are ready to become head coach, they're getting interviews left and right. This was the only team in the NFL that had Doug Peterson on the board. They settled for him. John, I don't know if you heard the press conference yesterday. It didn't, you know. Let's just say uh, Dougie didn't light the world on fire yet. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and, and 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 the sell job. It's a sell job from the organization, the social media accounts of the Eagles. Right. They had a quote from B Doc, which was like the most please. Give us a quote, B-Doc, on Poopy Peterson. We're begging you to help us. Checks in the mail. It was like the most forced, average quote Brian Dawkins has ever given in his life. From a, from a, uh, an inspirational sports icon, a leader among all leaders in Philadelphia sports history, Brian Dawkins' quote about Poopy Peterson was like, Yeah, you know, uh, he's a leader and he's been in the huddle a lot. Like, what? Like, what, what kind of quote is that? That's not like, this yeah. is the man to lead the Philadelphia Eagles. You could even tell. I read the quote. I'm like, Brian Dawkins was not all in on this one.
2: He was doing yeah, the team a I'm, favor. Yeah, I mean, and two of the guys, um, you know, I kind of brought up Sean McDermott, our last podcast guy that, you know, the guy doesn't even get a phone call. Here's a guy who's in your organization. Carolina's got the top five defense for the last couple of years. Everybody knows that's kind of Ron Rivera's spring trial, but he knows what the city's all about. He knows what it takes. And uh, he doesn't even get a phone call. He wasn't even on their short list.
1: But and, they took a rec. I, they, they took a recommendation from Fad Andy Reid. They got a yes man that's not going to rock the boat. A guy that knows the culture that Jeffrey Lurie wants. The gold standard he built a decade ago, mind you, a freaking decade ago. And and they brought him in because it was easy to get him. Nobody else is beating down the door, and they can mold him. I don't know who's going to mold him because Howie Roseman's a rat. We all know any walk of life, any industry you're in, the guy with zero qualifications and more power than he should have, nobody else in the building likes. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter if you're talking about accounting. Doesn't matter if he's a general manager of a football team. Doesn't matter if he is working in sanitation. The bottom line is if you're a guy that got in the door because somebody helped you get in the door or you're an intern that all of a sudden ends up in charge of the organization or second in command, but you've got no football qualifications in this case. He's not a football guy. Everybody else in that building looks at him and is like, hey, that's the odd man out. But, hey, he's got all the power.
2: Yeah, I mean. You was... follow me?
1: Does that make sense?
2: No, it makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is, too, man, let's talk about it. Here's the guy that, you know, the guy on the phone with Ken Winslet was like, what is it? Don't trade Marcus Mariota to the Philadelphia Eagles. Whatever you do, you know take the so the fact that they that they just relied on him so much that that, that Andy, even though that he's left and moved on, that his opinion weighs so much in their eyes, and they were looking for a guy that's a likable guy, a guy that that can relate to players, that's not going to rock the boat. You're right. I mean, this could be like you know a two to three year audition. He sets the team back up; they get in better position. And who knows? Three years from now, we're going to be in the same boat, looking for the guy to to, to take us you know to the top. To, but Jeffrey you know, Lurie, this is to... this
1: is no Jeffrey Lurie, John. Mita. This is embarrassing. This gold standard of an organization that he's been you know he sold us on a decade ago. Look at what's gone down now the last ten years. You had the fiasco with Tio. Okay. You had giving Vic a second chance out of prison. You had Riley Cooper's racial slurs. You had players accusing Chip Kelly of being racist. Then the lack of on-field success over this time. They haven't won squat. That You have a chance. He made a statement by firing Chip Kelly. He made a rash decision because he was embarrassed that Chip Kelly embarrassed not only Jeffrey Lurie and everything that he stands for, but he embarrassed the Eagles to the rest of the National Football League. So Jeffrey Lurie took his you-know-what out, slammed it on the table, and said, Chip's gone. And then this is what we get? As a, as an Eagles fan, as a fan base, you give us Poopy Peterson? Really? <laughs> this big fire? Yeah, I mean- did you not? like? It was like step one, boom, he's gone. Chip, out of here. But what was step two? Was there a plan B? Was there a plan B from Jeffrey Lurie, or did he just say, I'm going to put my foot down, I'm in charge of this place, Chip beat it, and then go, oh, well, the the candidates that are out there kind of stink. Oh, what's that? Yeah, we'll just bring Poopy Peterson. Like, I'd rather yeah, well, have Pat Shermer.
2: I'd rather have Pat Shermer
1: coach his football team.
2: Yeah, I mean, to the fact that he does have some experience, he got the boys to play well on the last... You know, last game of the season. I agree with you. I think like um, that he would definitely be a better fit. It also feels like it just seems like you know, Chip Kelly gets hired in San Francisco was a shock to me. I don't know if it was a shock to you. I thought at least a guy would have to sit out at least one year, kind of you know, sit on the back stove a little bit, get his, get his stuff together. Um, And it looked like they just rushed this, this decision. Yeah. And it also looks like they settled. They just settled. They're like, all right yeah, we like this guy, we like this guy, and eh, we're comfortable with this guy.
1: Yeah, comfortable.
2: They for, yeah, they settled for the candidate, as you said, the puppet. Listen, me and you both, diehard Eagles fans, we hope this guy is a total world-beater. Yeah. We hope Doug Peterson leads us to the Super Bowl. I hope I'm wrong. If you just, yeah, all right, we all hope we're wrong. But if you just look at him, you look at the press conference yesterday, and you didn't get to see it. I, you know, I saw bits and pieces of it. I heard a lot of the audio. Um, it, it just some of it seems forced. He just, I still remember in a guy that I have a tremendous amount of respect for and a coach that, you know, I'm pretty much totally in favor, on board with. One of the most admired co- head coaches in my mind is a guy, Mike Thomas. You know, I saw his introductory press conference, same type of deal. He was a first year coordinator, boom, Pittsburgh size hiring. The They're like, holy crap, this hire it came out of nowhere. But then when you heard that man speak, you're like, this guy, it's going to get the most out of his players. He's not going to take any crap from his players. He's going to lead the room, and and he's going to be a winner.
1: Yeah. Do you do you <laughs> see do you see Doug Poopy Peterson commanding immediate respect in that locker room?
2: I just. What I think will
1: happen is,
2: you know, there are
1: some no no. no. Some a- 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 hey, Johnny Mita, answer the question. He walks <laughs> in the locker room day one. The players hear the announcement. I know Jason Kelsey was at the press conference. I, I get it. But at the end of the day,
2: uh, Chase and immediate,
1: uh, Chase immediate and respect, immediate respect. No, no, exactly. Earned, he might earn it. Be he might earn, he it, might earn it, but he's not going to automatically get it. I don't see him as being elite. I don't see him no. being ready. How is this guy ready? How is he the answer? Yeah. Wait, again, oh, okay. I hope we're wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope that in week seven, they're six and 6-1. Everybody loves Poopy Peterson. He's pushing all the right buttons. The coordinators have the team, you know, executing schemes. We're staying ahead of the curve. But look, let's be real about this. The only way a coach is not ready, gets ready quicker, is with great talent. Great personnel on the field. And this is a football team that we saw last year make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And they just weren't good enough. You could put some of that on coaching. You could put some of that on scheme. But there were too many mental mistakes, too many penalties, too many fumbles, and I got news for you. The coach ain't out there making those mistakes.
2: Well said, brother. Well said.
1: All right. Anything else on the staff or on Poopy Peterson you want to get into before we take a timeout?
2: No, I mean, no. It's just, we could say he's going to be the worst coach in the world. It's totally a wait-and-see game. Let's see uh, what they do in the draft. Let's see what the roster moves they make. And let's see his offense. I mean, that's the big thing, too, is, you know, we came from Chip Kelly's offense. And we all witnessed the other day Kansas City's tribe against New England. Um, let's hope we don't revisit that type of crap again. So, that's it.
1: All right, well said, brother. Little Rick James takes out to a break.
2: Uh, I love Little Rick James.
1: All right, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. We'll catch our breaths. We'll calm the hell down. Chip Kelly's the 49ers <laughs> head coach. Will he have success? We'll dissect that. We'll recap the divisional games, predict the championship games, and then uh, on the fly and spread love. Good stuff coming up. Stay with us on SoundCloud.com. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast, exclusively on SoundCloud.com.
1: All right, welcome back. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. A couple of happy birthdays out there, Johnny Mita. You know whose birthday it is? Eagles legend. Eagles linebacking legend, you know? You know? Ah, oh, the Axeman, Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah, that is correct. Ding, ding, ding. The Axeman. So happy up, birthday to the Axeman. He actually shares the birthday with Quest Love of the Roots, another Philadelphia legend. Nice. There you birthday. go, bro. There you go, bro. All right, Chip Kelly is the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm dumbfounded. You?
2: No, oh, I'm dumbfounded. Shocked. Just completely shocked that this guy. Well, here's the deal. It's not like San Francisco came after him. Apparently, he put in the phone call right away. He said, yeah, he's got my type of quarterback. Like, yeah, let me give him a call. And apparently, he went to vacation to Hawaii or wherever the hell he went, the island. And then I put on a call to San Fran. They're like, yeah, he's our guy. I mean, I'm just, hey, I'm, I'm with you. I, the fact that this guy has a job after it was just complete disaster here, and I, I'm, I'm stunned. I am totally stunned. And I think Las Vegas is stunned. If you look at third odds, he was a surefire gonna get a college job and go back to college. But uh yeah, will he have so success?
1: Will he will he have success with the San Francisco 49ers?
2: You know, it's funny you say that will he have success. I mean they, they do have some good skill players out there and you look at some of the players they have Anquan Bohm he's obviously aging. Um, they have some decent receivers out there. He's got his quarterback. He has that read option quarterback. Me and you, both of us, have both David Cabernack. We're not in love with the guy. We don't know if he's, you know, that much of a leader, if he can handle it. I don't think he will have a success. I look at his system. Number one, again, we saw it firsthand here in Philadelphia. Yeah, expose your defense way too much. Unless you're bringing the eighty five Bears to the table. Okay. <laughs> the two thousand Ravens, the ninety nine Bucks. I just don't see a defense being able to hold up like that. If they're putting 35 to 40 points up on the board, just like the greatest show on turf, like St. Louis, then possibility he has success. Also, the fact that he does not allow his quarterbacks to audible at the line of scrimmage. That is, for me, that's just a recipe for disaster. All All the good quarterbacks in this league, they all have them, right? What if your team makes a substitution on defense, right? They don't allow you to – they don't allow you to – basically, you know, they're, they're starting the clock. They rush up their line. Then the defense is allowed to bring on some personnel. That's personnel that you probably didn't account for when you were lining up. If you don't allow your quarterback audible, again, I just see this disaster. And the third thing, and I think this is the most important reason of all why this guy won't be successful in San Francisco, is the fact there's the bottom line. Who wants to play for this guy? You know, his reputation around the league, players talk all the time. They talk through social media. They have each other's phone numbers. They talk at the promo. If they hear about what a stickler, when asked this guy is, how many people are going to want to go to bat for a guy that just doesn't care about his players? It just treats his players as employee numbers. Like my friend Terry Williams said, he said, I'm just employee number 26. So for that reason, I don't think this guy'll be successful. People were calling falling out there. Oh dear God, it was unbelievable. Joe, and you didn't hear this thing out and I was like, Oh God, uh oh Kelly going to San Francisco, he's got his guy. He's gonna write the league. alright we'll let, let, let's wait and see. Okay. He also has to hire a defensive coordinator, okay? He struck out large when he hired Billy Davis here and tried to go to the three four Pittsburgh Steelers system that just failed miserably here. So in my opinion, I don't think he's the team. I could be wrong, but to be honest with you, with his system, after seeing it for three years and the way that his teams decline as the season progresses, I just don't see it.
1: They must be high the San Francisco 49ers. I know, I know, there is uh, you know you've got the medical marijuana in California, so whoever <laughs> whoever's running the Niners must be just rolling in that because four years. million for a guy who was just fired amidst a ton of conflict and rumors and, as you hinted at, bad vibes. It's a risky decision. Now... I think he can rejuvenate Kaepernick, save the career of Colin Kaepernick. I agree with you there. But Cap's always been a little careless with the football, and their roster overall stinks. I think they have less... you talked about some of their skill positions. I think they have less skill than the Eagles' offense, and we saw how how poorly the Eagles' offense executed and how inconsistent the Eagles' offense was. And I think they've got worse skill position players. Um, you know, it's not an overnight fix for Chip. The league's to his scheme and his pace. You know, the tempo offense. So I'd say you can bank on the 49ers missing the playoffs for the foreseeable future. All right, let's get into the divisional games. Great games all around. Even the Panthers' uh, first half route of the Seahawks turned out to be a, a more interesting game than anybody probably could have predicted at halftime when it was 31 nothing. I give the Steelers full credit for hanging tough despite all their injuries. Uh, Cardinals Packers game. Aaron Rodgers, such an elite talent that they battled and forced overtime against a much better Cardinals team. So there were a couple of really underdogs for me that hung with it that proved uh, that if you play hard, you play as a team, you got a fighting chance come January. Once again, it was the top seeds advancing Johnny Meta. So much for the wild card hopefuls. Anything else jump out uh, from divisional weekend to you?
2: No, I mean, you kind of touched on pretty much everything. Uh, the fact that Aaron Rodgers' performance down the stretch was just incredible. The two throws that he made, obviously the first one on 4th and 20 was remarkable. The fact that, uh, and then the Hail Mary again at the end of regulation. So here's a guy, he's thrown to like his fourth, his fifth, and sixth wide receivers. It's amazing the fact that there's a team that got blown out, right, by the Cardinals. Yep. A couple weeks earlier, 38-8, I think the final score was, and they come back being shorthanded like they were, and the battle like that, that showed great art, and that's what, and that's what the playoffs is all about. I mean, that's what they're looking for. The Seattle Carolina game, I was just amazed at the fact and how hard Carolina took it to Seattle. But again, you know, more time in that game. Any given Sunday, it was just all the games. Uh, you also mentioned the Steelers got to give him credit. I can't stand the Steelers for the love of God. Pretty sure everybody on this podcast knows it. I'm pretty sure everybody in the world knows it. <laughs> but the fact that they didn't have Antonio Brown, I honest to God, I thought Denver would beat that team by at least 10 points. Without the services of Antonio Brown, and as much as I hate Ben Roethlisberger, you got to give him kudos. The fact that he hung in there with torn ligaments in his shoulder. He had other injuries going on and, uh, they played tough and, uh, so it was good. And, uh, Aaron, listen, it's it's down to the Final Four, right? You know the four seed, one versus two, one versus two. So this is kind of what you expected. And, uh, you know, let the best team win. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching these games for sure.
1: All right, then just delve right into it. Who are you picking to win, AFC and NFC, this weekend?
2: My prediction a couple of weeks ago on yep. the podcast. But I thought the Sheriff would be his last year, Rob. But to be honest with you, now the fact that Gronk and Edelman are somewhat healthy, I just don't see the sheriff getting it done against New England. I just feel like Tom Brady and the fact that Bill Belichick's on the other sideline. I think it's uh too much for Peyton to overcome. So I think, unfortunately, New England's going to win the AFC Championship. Well, hang on,
1: hang on. What what if what if Peyton Manning drinks a few HGH shakes before the game? Will that
2: help? Uh, I mean, you know, he gets the uh, special liquid from our friends overseas in the Middle East, <laughs> and uh, who knows what could happen? But. uh I just don't see it. Denver's defense is phenomenal. I just think offensively, the New England Patriots will find out, you know, more ways to score. And, uh, you know, New England takes it. On the other side of the ball, Carolina versus Arizona. This is going to be a slugfest. You're talking two of the better defenses in all football going at it. You got the league's MVP, in my opinion, Cam Noon. I said it before, he's on a mission. They're at home. Jonathan Stewart was crucial. In last week's game against Seattle, I think that's the first time Seattle's let up a 100-yard rusher in a, a great long time. I think with him healthy, they get the run game going, and their defense just plays the way their defense has been built all year. I think Carolina gets it done. Carolina versus New England in the Super Bowl, and please, Carolina win the Super Bowl because <laughs> I don't want to see Tom Brady hold up another Lombardi Trophy where I will
1: throw up. Hey, nobody goes back to back. I told you that last year. But we'll get in the Super Bowl when we get to the Super Bowl. Uh good stuff. In the AFC for me, it's hard it's really hard for me to believe that the Broncos win without an absolute heroic and turnover free effort from Peyton Manning. Broncos D has got to be you know they got to be in the face of Tom Brady all, all day long. Hey, they, they got to pressure the heck out of Brady. They got to contain Edelman. All right, I know Gronk is Gronk. But Gronk's going to get his. To me, it's the quick slants that are killer. It's the, we don't let you get pressure because we get the ball out in .4 seconds. That's that's the Patriots' bread and butter. You know what I mean? That's when Brady, you know, if the Eagles, they, you know, there was no Edelman in that game. Right? So, there was no Gronk in that game. And they were able to get hits on Tom Brady. He had to throw up some deep balls. They were able to intercept it a couple times. Force them into mistakes that you don't see the Patriots usually make. And that's because any quarterback that has pressure becomes a lot more human. So take away the Edelman uh, quick slant. If there's ever a team that can cover on the outside with some great cornerbacks, some great linebacker play, it is this year's Denver Broncos. So Manning, turnover free, heroic effort, like you said, kind of one last ride. Maybe they can get it done, but that, those are the—that's the recipe for me, and it's got to be two a t if they're going to come out of that game with a win. I don't expect them to, but that's how they've got to get it done. In the NFC, I'm still hating on the Panthers. Have been for days. Have been for weeks. Cam can dab his way out of the playoffs. Big plays, big plays all day on your boy Kurt Coleman and the Panthers secondary. I'll take the Cardinals to chuck and duck their way to the Super Bowl. Love it. couple of close <laughs> games, but I'll, I'll, honestly, I'll take the Pats and the Cardinals.
2: I got gotcha. you. All right.
1: All right, brother. All right.
2: Move, move hey, it all. you want
1: to spread the love or on the fly? What are you thinking?
2: Ah, I was us go spread the love, man.
1: All right. Without further ado, there's the love. All
2: right. Brother Rob, well, you know, I was kind of, I didn't know what I was going to go with this week until so I was sitting around and watching television and one of my favorite watering holes. And then a great news story came on. It was the fact that a well known actor, and I know you know this actor and I love this guy. He's been a great actor in several films. I also really appreciated his comedic performances and then living color. And it goes out to Jamie Foxx, who basically was sitting at a house somewhere in California. Uh, some a young thirty-two year old flipped his truck over. The truck then caught fire and Jamie Foxx comes to the rescue, pulls this thirty-two year old young man out of the truck. All try one one get man lifted, and basically save this guy's life. So, big kudos, spread the love to Jamie Foxx, with a heroic effort. He didn't think about anything except humanity, you know? Saving somebody's other life, he didn't, he didn't care. He didn't think about his notoriety. He was just like, that's awesome. It's great to see that, you know, stars, athletes go and do some of these things, and uh, he's a true hero, man, for saving somebody's life. I mean, that's, that's an unbelievable accomplishment, so. Big kudos
1: out to Jamie Fox. Bro. All right, good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Look at you, always, uh, always scouring the wire. Always scouring the wire. I have a, <laughs> two, I have a, I have a two-part spread. The love. First, I'm, I'm going to spread bigger. the love. This is a couple weeks back, January 10th, I'm going to spread the love to the Green Bay Packers for crushing the hopes and the dreams of those fraudulent Washington Redskins and their fans. 35-18, the final. Suck it, D.C. Suck it, Skins. Your team stunk. If the Eagles had even a pulse in that football game or any clue all year long, they would have won the NFC East. So, spread the love to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for showing that the Redskins stunk. All right? Now, part two. And this is a guy I've been, I don't want to say critical of, but even just last year uh, or two years ago, I-, I wasn't giving him his due but your boy former flyer Justin Williams is uh, he is playing out of his mind Johnny Mita. you know the three-time Stanley Cup champion none of which came with the Flyers Hurricanes in 06 two Cups with the Kings. The guy's now playing for the Washington Capitals, if you haven't noticed. He's on pace for a career season. He just had a hat-trick on Sunday. He's got 33 points in 46 games. He's now approaching 1,000 regular season games in his NHL career. He's now, once the Caps probably sold up a playoff spot in like a week because they're close to 30 freaking games over 500, he'll be approaching you know, in the range of 120-plus games in his Stanley Cup playoff career. I mean... Let's give some props to Justin Williams. Probably the most underrated player nationally, maybe in the last decade in the NHL. I I know that sounds kind of crazy, because there's certainly a lot of underrated players out there but you give me another guy that goes to teams and all they do is win and again i haven't given him the i haven't given him his due it's time for me to give Justin Williams his due the former flyer the Coburg Ontario native at age 34 having a career year and he's on another first place team that is almost 30 games above 500 and he's almost a point-a-game guy for said Washington Capitals and he's got three freaking Stanley Cups i mean this guy you don't often get in the Hall of Fame with numbers, regular season-wise, that aren't gaudy. He could be a guy that gets in at some point if he wins a four. I mean, how many four Stanley Cup guys aren't in the Hall of Fame? I'm not saying the Caps are going to yeah. win it this year, but yeah. let's just... On let's are just... many
2: different teams, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Justin Williams is part two of my spread the love. Wow,
2: man. Love it. Love it.
1: All right, on the All fly, right. on the fly, my friend. We haven't done on the fly in a while. I'm ready. Bring it. Absolutely. What do you got? This is for those that are just listening, first time on SoundCloud.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Beloved Podcast. You can email the show, BrotherlyLovePodcast at Yahoo.com. On the fly is an unscripted question for one another. I got no idea what Johnny Mead is about to throw at me, and vice versa. Bring it.
2: All right. As of right now, today, as we stand, January 20. What is the biggest off-season move? for the
1: Philadelphia Eagles right now. Wow. Um, right now, as it stands. How about a new head coach yep. replacing Poopy Peterson? Can we do that? No. Is that <laughs> is that legal? Um, biggest move right now is establish your quarterback. Right, who's the starting quarterback? You don't win in the National Football League without a starting quarterback. And I don't know if it's Sam Bradford at $25 million a year. It better... Hell, not be Sam Bradford at that salary cap hit, but yeah, that was the rumor.
2: Yeah, we didn't really talk for that. Yeah.
1: If his agent's asking for that, it's because his agent wants out of town. Um, but that's another story.
2: His agent's high, bro. Yeah,
1: that's another, that's another story for another time. So I'd say establish a starting quarterback. You know, Doug Poopy Peterson's yeah. got to put a stamp on this team. When Fat Andy came to town, he put a stamp on his team by drafting Donovan McNabb and then bringing in Poopy Peterson to uh sit there and take some beatings until McNabb was ready if we all remember 1999 what a what a glorious season that was so find yourself a quarterback Philadelphia Eagles if it's Sam Bradford or somebody else figure it out cuz you don't win in the NFL without one
2: yep good deal
1: all right well actually oh, man, let me man, real man. quick real quick let me turn the tables sure. Whoa, your answer yeah. to that question is what
2: find a football general manager buddy yeah my god you know these are things that there's so many decisions upcoming. We need somebody in that draft room ready to roll. Chip sold our second round pick away for Sam. Okay, so now we have no ammunition yeah. as far as trying to move up. I mean that's the thing. And you know, winning that last game against the Giants, now you could have been in the top ten. I know. So if, if there if there was a quarterback that you absolutely fell in love with, let's say the kid, the kid golf from California, right? Yeah. If you're at 10 and he flips the 5 6, that's an easy way to move up. Now you're at 13. To get to 13 to get to 5 or 6. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: Vinny Curry. So, Vinick paging Vinny Curry. Curry.
2: Yeah. I love you, dude. That's a great piece, man. I mean, I leverage, understand. pass rushing yeah, that leverage. Could chip. That could be a good ship there. Could be. A no pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, well I mean what, what's the Giants pick right now? They don't need a quarterback. They in that ninth spot to go with uh JPP Do you dare trade Vinnie Curry to
1: the Giants? I'd trade Vinnie no, Curry no. to the Giants. Maybe he can give him one of his hands. JPP needs one. <laughs> oh, All right. Brutal. On the fly All for right, you, my you man. On. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Which Philly team is next to win a title? Oh.
2: Really you better exist. get, hey! Oh, you better
1: get out the magic eight ball, the crystal ball, your voodoo powder. Yeah. Use the Jedi Force for this
2: one. And you know, I, it's and this is going to be starting out last, man. But I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Flyers. And really? The reason why I say yeah, the reason why I say the Philadelphia Flyers is I, I love what the new head coach is doing. I, I think they're some pieces away. Obviously, there's a chance they might not make the playoffs this year. But let's face it, they finally have a stud defenseman and our boy, the Ghost, he's a stud. They got some other young defensemen. They're going to filter through the system in the next couple years. They bring on one more sniper to the group. They sustain their goaltending. I kind of like the Flyers' chances. I don't know. The Sixers are, you know, that's a flat-line team right now. They're at least five to six years away. Sixers won tonight, five, baby. Nine? Sixers won tonight. 10 nine, 8 I should have had the
1: music queued Uh, up, my bad.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Phillies, again, you look at all these teams right now, I think every sports team in this city is in a rebuilding project except for the Philadelphia one. Phillies clearly rebuilding, okay? Sixers, they've been rebuilding for the last five years, it looks like. Eagles right now, until we get that franchise-type quarterback, it's going to be a rebuild process. So I would throw up the flyers on that one. Great question, brother.
1: All right, brother. Let's get on out of here. I was about to fire up some bumper music, a little Eddie Money, Two Tickets to Paradise. But right below that, sure. oh, hang on, hang on. Right below that, I found this tune. <laughs> so RIP David Bowie and RIP Glenn Frey. The Eagles will take ah, like you on that. out of here. Love on SoundCloud.com. Johnny, me a great stuff, buddy. You're the man.
2: Hey, Everything great stuff out of you as well. And uh, hey, everybody pulled up, and, man. Let's do some tracks that just uh, coaching staff gets it together and uh, brings the Eagles back to a uh, to a better level. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, that that bumper ended. So now we'll go Hotel California. Really do it right.
2: All right, Hotel California. Right. Love it. One of my favorite old school jams.
1: All right, brother, you're the man. SoundCloud.com, right, keep try. it real. Brotherly Love Podcast, signing off. Till next time, we'll see-, see.
0: Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on
2: SoundCloud.com.